Are you an athletic director or coach looking to make your locker room pop, looking to refresh your look, looking to redo your brand? Well, check out SI Design and Printing. They're going to transform your sports organization athletic facilities into what you're looking for by enhancing the student-athlete experience, boasting the brand, and honoring your past. They do that with banners, backlit signage, locker graphics, window graphics, fence mesh graphic designs, and so much more. If you need a refresh, SI Design is going to help you do that. Check them out online, sidesign.net. And hey, if you're a parent or a grandparent, they've got something for you as well, as SI Design is the leading provider of custom sports prints. They offer a variety of products, including posters, banners, canvases, and more. All you have to do is upload your high-quality studio or action shot, and SI Design will create the memory for you. For more information, all you have to do is go to their website, sidesign.net forward slash sports prints, and you'll get all the information that you need. You can also find them on Facebook. Just type in SI Design and Printing. Give them a call, 254-405-9492, or you can email them, info at sidesign.net, and tell Kyle that Sideline to Sideline sent here at L4 Media, we talk high school football, 4A, 3A, and 2A in Texas. We talk East Texas sports. We talk NFL, guy talk, movie, and booze. We also talk wrestling and so much more. And you can see it all on our YouTube channel at L4 Media Company. Like and subscribe. It's week eight. We're four weeks away from the playoffs, and the 2A district races are starting to come into focus. Hello, everybody. Terry Bennett, Grant Goodwin here. Sideline to Sideline, brought to you by SI Design and Printing, week eight, 2A edition. And first of all, how are you doing? Doing well, doing well. Kind of a bad football weekend last weekend, right? We had, if you're a Texas Cowboy Texas or, or Aggie fans yeah. or Houston, they lost two on the last second field goal. So, yeah, yeah uh, it, it was rough. It's I tough. will say... I think, and I'm not a big moral victory guy, but I think for A&M in Texas, there's still a lot to feel good about. A&M quietly might be salvaging a season that after that Miami law. Speaking of Miami, did you I, see what they did? Yes, I did. Uh, do you remember Kevin Steele of Baylor back his first game against UNLV? This might be as bad. This, I still think his was worse because they, so if you don't know, we'll reset it. First in Miami game this past week, uh, they were about to beat Georgia Tech. Uh, all they had to do was kneel on the ball. For some reason, they decide to fumble it. I mean, they decide to run, run it, it, and then they fumble. Now, in saying all that, after a good seven-yard game, after a good seven-yard game, but in saying all that, they the defense just makes one play after that, and they still win the game. Uh, but Georgia Tech hits a big pass play. They score. They uh, upset Miami, and now Miami at one point was in control of their destiny as far as making the playoffs. Now yeah. they're going to need some help. Uh, but back in two thousand, Kevin Steele a very good defensive coordinator, both at pro and college level. Uh, he had taken over Baylor and they're playing UNLV and they're going in. They're already ahead. They're going in. They're at the goal line with a 10 seconds left. And you either kneel on the ball or you score and, and still being, you know, one of those coaches, that's all fire and brimstone wanted to show. There was a new era for Baylor. Never going to be a tough team. <laughs> they fumbled the ball. Was that the original all gas, no breaks. Yeah, all gas, no breaks. <laughs> there you go. Uh, and they fumble the ball, and with no time left, UNLV scoops and scores for 98 yards. Don't give Jerry Tarkanian an extra shot. At okay, him. he wasn't there as the football coach. but pretty sure? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. But uh, still, though, Can you just subscribe to Google because Google it. What is your deal with Google and AI tonight? You're Are you AI? How do we know you're real? <laughs> 
<laughs> oh God, never mind. <laughs> Not only are you real, you're the whitest guy in the world at this exact Probably moment. Probably second whitest guy because the other one's sitting right across from me. I ain't doing no robot, my friend. <laughs> All right, what we're gonna do is what we always do. We're gonna review Week Seven, preview Week Eight. Speaking of bad football week, this is a real kind of light week as far as the big two A matchups. As far as on the state level, yeah, yeah, and, a lot more to review i think right yeah the, yeah the games coming up to preview are just kind of few and far between there are a couple of good ones though uh, and that's kind of how it is you, you either get it like in 4a and 3 where you tend to have a lot of the districts do their by the week before district mm -hmm. or like in 2a and some 3a and 4a's where you do the district buys and so you just you're going to have a couple weeks and also with the run-up to the playoffs we tend to shorten our late season shows a little bit and then once the playoffs get in 2a y'all haven't seen it yet we pick every 2A game in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. And so that, especially those first two weeks, the 2A shows are going to be a lot longer than the regular season ones had as we've been trying to find our footing. But let's start week seven, a game that L4 Media was at. Toller beat Coleman 43 to nothing. Uh, and you and I talked about it. You know, for all the talk about what Peyton Brown does for Toller when he's healthy, they haven't had him all year, and they've been just fine. I uh, think blessing, man. He's been a blessing, right? Oh, God. He, but, I mean, he has. Yeah, he, he really has. for 141 yards, ran for 120. against the Coleman team that uh, a lot of people thought were going to – I don't think anybody really picked the Blue Cats to go in and uh, beat the Rattlers, but they expected them to play them a, lot, a little bit closer, and I might have thought that as well. Yeah, I, I definitely thought it was going to be – and we both said we thought uh, Toller would, go, would win going away, but I thought it would be more like – 4320, mm -hmm. you know, something like that where Coleman at least had made it close earlier in the year. You know, Coleman had gone into that game on a five game winning streak. Their only loss was by nine to Mason to begin the year. And that was a good, that turned out to be a pretty good loss with what Mason's doing. Yeah. Mason's running the table, right? Yeah, now, they man. really are. And, and, you know, for, for Coleman, you know, Hamilton, I mean, uh, Toller's just the better team. And, and, you know, that's the thing Coleman has to, to worry about. Cause if you're wanting to do things in this district and are in this region in the playoffs, you're going to have to go through Toller again. Yeah. Yeah. You really are. I mean, the, again, I know it's like a broken record, but they look so physical and tough up front. Yeah, they, they really do. The ball. Uh, and, and that's <clears throat> where, you know, and, and it just amazes me to think that, you know, it, up into this year, and it, it looks like Toller might not even have to worry about Crawford, but Crawford had been Toller's poison. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, we were kind of talking about that a couple of weeks ago. If you're Toller, you know, that has been such a big thing for you. Beat Crawford. You haven't been able to beat Crawford. I almost feel like it could be a negative if Crawford is not there because then a lot of the pent-up anger and workouts and focus, sometimes teams will lose that when the team that they are wanting to beat just isn't there. Yeah. And I'm just I'm curious to see how Toller is going to be handling it because it doesn't look like Crawford is going to be there unless Crawford turns things around quickly. Uh, were you a little bit surprised by this one? Sonora had to hold on to beat Ozona 49 to 38. Edgar DeLuna ran for 257 yards. Jamie Bultrin threw for 214. Four touchdowns. Great offensive, but to give up 38 to Ozona is a little bit surprising. Ozona is better than what that record shows, I think. I agree. But <clears throat> I can honestly tell you going into this week I, or last week, I did not think that Ozona was going to be able to stay within 10, 14 points like they did. I thought it would be three touchdowns, maybe even more. Uh, but Sonora puts them away. Sometimes, you know, you're a good team. You got to play these dog games sometimes, and it's how you respond in these games. And you know the Broncos did it. You know I'll, I'll say this: uh, Sonora's that type of team you don't want to play in the playoffs. They lost to Miles when they scored sixty-eight. 
Uh, they scored 20 against uh, Mason and lost. They scored 36 against Wink and lost. That just speaks of a team that they can just find one <laughs> defensive stop a game. If if that Lion offense is hot going into the playoffs, they I just wouldn't want to play them. Are they the USC? Oh man, that's you know <laughs> you know it's crazy USC this week against Arizona. It wasn't even that the defense was terrible. It's just they can't make a stop when they need to. I know. Well, that's a terrible defense at this day and age. It's all about situational defense. Yeah, it's just it, it's, it's it's making not shutting no, people down, holding them to field goals. That's right. that you win the game if you hold them to field goals. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and and just they could and they would look really good for three drives, and then Arizona would just go five plays and score. Right. They are at least exciting. You just got to get them off the field on third downs is what you got to do more often than not. If you can do that more often than not, they can have three hundred yards. Now, now let me ask you this though, uh-huh. as we're now devolving into a, a college show. We got time. If you're USC and you're Lincoln Riley, why are you not just hiring the best defensive coordinator you can find and saying, <laughs> you, I mean, seriously, you fix this. You, you're the defensive guy. I'm going to run the offense. Man, I guess you got so many scholarships to give, right? And you spend the majority of them on the offensive side of the ball and then try to fill holes in the portal. But that still costs you. That still costs you scholarships. Yeah, it's I just, mean, it's a, you know, it's, this it's, is something that's people, chased him from Oklahoma, though. Oh, yeah. 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 You know, there's a there's a Marshall, Texas kid on that US roster, USC roster, yes, Tajay Washington. Well, he has developed into a Marshall, Texas legitimately will have two wide receivers in the NFL in the next couple of years. And they played Crazy. on the same team. And the furthest they got was a region final because their quarterback his senior year decided he didn't want to play football anymore. <laughs> anyway, back to two way. This is what we do, folks. Uh, speaking of East Texas, Garrison. We talked about this game last week. Javion Black ran for 123 yards on only 14 carries. O'Marion Raspberry ran for 128 only on 10 carries. As they beat the Dragons of Shelbyville, 49 to 14. Garrison's now 7 and 0. And that diversified offense, that's how you challenge a team like Timpson. Yeah, you know, Shelbyville came into this game 3 and 1. Yep. Probably had high hopes, but you're right. I mean, they just, you know, Garrison taking care of business and I guarantee you they're looking forward to that district championship matchup against Timpson in a couple of weeks, right? I got in the weirdest debate on the Texas 2A page on Facebook. First off, we enjoy Stay off. No, no, we love those guys. We love Texas 2A. Stay off social media, sir. You need to stay focused. I mean, you know, our job kind of depends on our social media push. Well, that's true. But, but anyway, so he was talking about – and this wasn't like an argument. This was just a, It was an interesting view that he had. Mm-hmm. He was talking about last year the tough games that Timpson played. Mm-hmm. And, of course, he named Refurio, and he named a couple others, and he didn't name Garrison. And I said, well, you know, that Garrison game was pretty tough. That was a one-possession game. He goes, yeah, but we scored on them. They couldn't stop us. They couldn't stop us. And I'm like – yeah, it was 44 to 38. Y'all couldn't stop them either. Yeah, but we they couldn't stop us, so we were going to win. And I was just like, it kind of goes back to what you talk about with the defense. That's where defense is now. Just if, if just make us stop, and, and it completely changes the game against these high-powered power offenses. Yeah. But I, can I, see I think if the, you can be a good defense on third down, that I mean, that's huge. Yeah. Being a good defense on third down. And, you know, a defense on first and second down – maybe not in two a, but that's a whole different personnel going back to college. Yeah. Right? That's a whole different personnel in college and NFL is you're putting probably three quarters of the defense is different on third down as far as personnel. Yeah, that's a good point. And as you said, it's situational defense. Yeah. Uh, Holland beat thrall 41 to 21. Holland now is six and zero. 
I don't want to say they're quietly six and zero, but it, they don't get talked about a lot in the no, scope. They're of, a lot of like Mason, who's yeah. talking about Mason on the statewide. I mean, issue right? Yeah, Holland's ranked tenth in two A Division one, but to be honest with you, most team when you're tenth, you kind of still oddly kind of get forgotten about. I mean, out, not inside your district and everything, right? Uh, and they're in a district where. I mean, the, the best team was probably Thrall. Uh, you know, they're five and two. Holland's now six and zero. Oh. Uh, Flatonia's five and two, but man, you know they I, lost to Thrall, and, yeah. and they, they they haven't really played. They did beat Shiner St. Paul, but I think it's weird how both Shiner, the private and the public school, this year both are a little bit down. Right. Uh, but I mean, Flatonia. I guess Fall Cities was their best win, but Fall Cities has kind of not been that consistent this year. Yeah, they haven't. I, I don't think Fall City is good as. Uh, what I thought they were going to be. Yeah, you know, right. it, it felt like that. I mean, they entered the season as... With a ton of 13 starters back from the yeah. 8 and 5 team. And if you, by the way, and this is for any team, uh, if you know if they've had injuries or something, please let us know, uh, Grant and Terry at S2Sport.com, because I legitimately <laughs> thought that they were going to come in this year and be just like they were last year, a 13-game uh, team, or maybe the year before when they made it to the state championship uh, their losses are to to Poe thirty three to nothing, Stockdale twenty four to twenty one, uh, and then again Flatonia thirty five twenty eight. Speaking of, hey Stockdale, they're looking pretty good this year. Yeah, they are. Um, anyway, uh, let's keep going. Uh, Sunray beat Lubbock Christian thirty four to nothing. Uh, Armando Lujan, Luan threw for one hundred ninety one yards, three touchdowns on twenty completions. We've man, been bringing that's a up huge game right there, man. We've been bringing up Sunray and Armando a lot here. Uh, mm -hmm. Again, another team that I don't think a lot of people talk about outside of their region and, and, and you know what they can do once the playoffs hit. They are the number six team in the state. Their only loss was to Stratford. Uh, I think it was you look at the brackets. If Sunray keeps doing what they're doing and they get the seed that they need in the play uh, in the playoffs, there there's a clear path for them to make it to Arlington. If you look at the projected brackets, Sunray is right there. Well, and you know, last year they, they got tripped up by Vega at the last game of the district season. And, and that kicked them one, one slot down and they had to play new home in the second round mm -hmm. and, and new home had to, to pull it out the end 22 to 21. There's no reason why if Sunray can take care of business inside district this year. And I think they will, the Longhorns of Vega are down. They're two and five, but they are one and zero in district. Uh, boys ranch isn't as good as they were last year. Uh, Groover's five and two, but the Greyhounds, you know, the, the, the two or the one team that they played that's on a state level in Stratford, they got to beat 57 to 26. So for Sunray, you take care of business and you get that one seed. I, I agree with you. You're not having to play new home in the second round. You're getting yeah. to play them in the fourth round. And that's a big difference. Yeah. The, the, the bracket look, I mean, Sunray's good enough. It doesn't matter what the bracket is, yeah. but you give Sunray a favorable bracket it looks like, just as a prognosticator here, prognosticator, mm -hmm. prognosticator, Pro you nag, yes, a predictor um, <laughs> that you need to start. If you're from Sunray, maybe start making some uh, uh, reservations to Arlington hotels, maybe because it, it, it's looking very favorable for them. All right, looking at speaking of favorable, Wink, Wink beats Iran uh, thirty-four to seven. Yeah, uh, you know they're quite. Again, it just feels like two A division out there. You just don't get a lot of people talking about it, even when they're ranked. And maybe it's, we're just not. We're, we're used to the the channels that we know. We hear all the three A and four A buzz and stuff. But maybe it was that. 
lost to Alpine 19-18 maybe that took some of the shine off a wink outside of uh, the region, right? But, I mean, you know, uh, Kemed Fassane uh, ran for 176 yards on 19 carries. Uh, I believe the kids are like a freshman or sophomore, right? So, if I'm not mistaken, is he? I I don't don't know. Okay, I'll try. brother out. Google. Google. (laughs) Google what? (laughs) Winks. Uh, I think he's a – Go ahead. Mm. I think he's a junior this year. Oh, is he? Let me okay. check. But, I mean, Wink has rebounded since that loss to Alpine, and uh, they're looking strong. How about Chilton, 28, Bremont, 27? This is probably the game of the week in Douay uh, last week. Bremont went for a two-point conversion down 28-21 late in the game, and Chilton stopped it to preserve the win. Yeah, when you look at the Bremont Tigers' losses on year, they're 3-3. Three and three. They lost to Kearns, 27 to 26. They lost to Holland, who we just talked about how good mm-hmm. they are, 31 to 21. And now they've lost to Chilton, 28 to 27. Uh, this is why people, when they talk about Bremen, Bremont, even, even a couple years ago when they were down going into the playoffs and they only had won like two district games, they went on that, you know, three-game run in the playoffs that kind of surprised everybody. Bremont is just such a hard team to beat. They but- got those tough bohemian kids down there man yeah and they just never give up uh, but yeah. in saying that let's give all the credit in the world to the pirates who are now six and oh uh one and oh in district and you you know i know granger's five and one but i don't know if Granger's any better than bremont uh in fact they play this week uh, so that'll be an interesting game just to kind of keep note of is bremont and, and granger just kind of see where uh granger calibrates to chilton because them and chilton uh, play the next week. That's a real tough stretch for Granger. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, yeah, 13 2 Give when you, me Bremont over Granger. Yeah, give me Bremont. <laughs> I, I, I I even think Milano might beat uh, Granger this year. The Eagles, you know, they, they have a tough schedule. I, I don't know if this was by choice or just where they're at in finding games. They've played three, four uh, private or slash charter schools. So it's real hard to get a to, to get a gauge on them, but they beat Bartlett to start district. Uh, Milano did twenty eight to six. They play Iola this week. Uh, you know this is a real good district outside of the non district. You've got a six and zero, a five and one, a three and three, and a four and two, and then a couple bad teams. But uh, yeah, thirteen two a division two. It's, it's just kind of interesting how it's played out. And you know Chilton beat Bremont a couple weeks ago. They barely beat Hearn. We both thought they were going to beat Hearn by a lot more, but that just might be what the Pirates are. You know some teams. You know, they just, they win. They've got explosive athletes. Yeah, but but they're, they win, but they don't ever blow opponents out. But that doesn't mean they're not good. Right. I, I think sometimes even us, but especially all fans at the high school and college level, style points sometimes makes takes a sure. little too much precedence. And I think with Chilton, uh, that might be one of those. Anyway, that is a look at week seven. How Let's, about Collinsville 40, oh, yeah. Celeste 17? That's the last one. That I was a big one. You were big on uh, – Celeste, that's right in the middle of the run sheet. Oh, it sure is. My bad. Uh, yeah, yeah. and, and Celeste in that first that's quarter. I'm producer, CEO. Okay, yeah. Taylor, you want to make your comments on that right there? Speaking of Taylor Lee, he's our director and executive producer. Uh, we do appreciate his editing well, skills. Well, I meant not executive producer, assistant to the executive producer, but CEO. Oh, and you're like a undercover boss. You like to work kinda, at the lower yeah. levels. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm not supposed to know that you're Grant the boss. I just think you're some new host that's coming. Right. We got to have a talk after this. Um, but uh, uh, Celeste, for the first quarter and a half, did exactly what they needed to do against Collinsville. They kept the ball away. They had a lead. The thing with with Collinsville this year is they've learned that, hey, 
on these games and we don't get the ball a lot, we've just got to, we've got to not take it, those, those plays advantage and, and you know, well, take and when advantage. you can stretch the field, like Collins, does, Collinsville does with that quarterback and that, you still that puts have, a lot of pressure on a defense for four quarters. And I would love to know if Carter Scott has started playing it. So many two A guys this year, are not playing or mm-hmm. they're being held out to the last possible moment. I get it. I, I have no problem with that. But if, if you're a Collinsville fan, or if you know, if, if Carter Scott's back playing, but yeah, good win for them. What's and, our email address? So uh, they can, well, I've already given it. If, if you don't know it by now, that's the, no Grant and Terry at S2S sport.com. All right. We've reviewed now. Let's preview week eight. Kind of a thin week. Very right? thin. But there's a couple good ones. Let's start with Cisco and Stanford. Uh, that, that's one of those games that, you know, it, if, if this was a bigger week, I don't know if we would talk about it as much. But no, Cisco, Cisco comes in three and four. Been a little underwhelming. Yes, but let's talk about that. Okay. We're going to talk about one of the teams they lost to Clyde. Mm-hmm. They lost to Wall. We know how good Wall is in 3A. And Clyde might be the big boy now out in the region in that 3A. Yeah. Uh, we're going to be right. talking about that in the show, uh, in the 3A show. Uh, Jacksboro, look at them. They're unbeaten. Yeah. And then Breckenridge, the Buckaroos are a very solid team. When they went back down into their level in district, they're 3-0. Mm-hmm. And if if you survive those type of schedules, we talk about it in 3A with Brock. We talk about it like Pleasant Grove plays tough schedules. Sometimes those schedules can break you, but sometimes those schedules can make you. And I think with Cisco, I think that the Lobos are getting better each week. And I know. Are you calling for the upset here? Yeah, actually, I am. Are you? Yeah, because it's in, it's in Cisco. I'm telling you, I, I have no problem with who the Bulldogs have played this year but it's been Hamlin, Haskell, Ballinger, Winters, and Olney. Cisco has played a tougher schedule and played well at times inside that tough schedule. I know they got their their doors beat out of them a couple times, uh, and, and I know I'm going to regret that because Bulldogs have a ton coming back. They have that running back cast in Vega. They have a really good wide receiver in Charles Moore who's like 6'6", but I don't know. I'm calling for the slight upset in that one. I'm I'm going with Stanford, but in a very close one. Yeah, uh, I think either a lot way it's a close than game. what a lot of people would think, right? Um, within, I mean, under a touchdown. I mean, I think this will be nip and tuck uh, for Stanford. Um, I think Cisco does have a chance to win this one. Wouldn't not be shocked to see him win it, but I'm taking Stanford in a very close game. Last year, uh, Cisco won 47 to 14, but that was a Stanford team that all those guys are back now as juniors and seniors. Last year, they were sophomore and juniors. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, where do you want to go now? Uh, let's go Stratford and Panhandle. Both uh, teams are 6-0. and Man, Stratford's uh, uh, quarterback, Bryce Braden, a dual-threat quarterback. Shasu uh, uh, Lecon, it, running back, and uh, Julio Valdez at receiver. Very good offense the Stratford team has. Uh, Panhandle, 6-0. and You know, I, I don't know. It, this is at Panhandle, right? Yeah, Um so I guess I'm going to buck the trend here because we, we use Dave Campbell's for a lot of our information and stuff. And Matt step always gives us some information when we need it. And in the last game, I picked Cisco and they're 21 point underdogs in mm-hmm. this game. Stratford's a two point favorite. I, I think Stratford wins by a couple touchdowns. I, I just think that their six and zero is a different six and zero than what, what panhandle and not that. Oh, Pan, yeah, and I, I think panhandle is a perfectly solid team that, you know, they're probably going to play a couple rounds. I'm not saying that. Last year, they were 9-3. and three. They returned uh, 12 of those guys Are back. You, were you telling me you used Dave Campbell's to <laughs> as your – because I don't get that info. Oh, really? I don't. I'm <laughs> not – you're not using them. You've got a leg up on me if we're picking here. Oh, man. 
<laughs> what have you yeah. been using? And, and just RV my, bogus football. I keep telling you that's a no, bogus just magazine. My, my own, like we both don't yeah. need it in three A and four A. No. We, we we're learning totally, it too. Eh? We're we're learning somewhat, but I've been going on the fly. I didn't even know you were using Dude, that. Just like in just how I've made it through life with Cliff Notes, buddy. <laughs> with Cliff God. Notes. Uh, but no, I mean when you look at Panhandle again, they're six and zero. They beat Clarendon. Friona, man, Friona had a coaching change right in the middle Chieftains, of this. Yeah, that's right. And then he is already this past week, right? Yeah, and he's already now on at the junior high level coaching in Muleshoe. Really? Yeah, that's how quick that that tells you how good of a coach he is when when another coach is in the middle of the season saying, "Yeah, come on over, we need you." Wow. Uh, but Panhandle beat Vega, River Road, Wellington. That was a good win, thirty-eight, thirty-two. Yeah. And then Highland Park uh, out of Amarillo last week, uh, seventy-two to thirty-two. Stratford, on the other hand, they're six and zero. Uh, beating Spearman 37 to nothing, beating Sunray, who we again we always talk yeah. about 23 to 20, Groover 57 to 26, Vega 52 to 7, Perryton 33 to 13, and they started off district last week. We talked about this game Farwell uh 38 to 7. I don't I know. Like I just Stratford think this is by a touchdown. At, at least. I think we both agree Stratford wins. I, I just think it's it gets out of hand. I, I just I think Stratford's really good this year. Yep. All right. Sonora versus Reagan County. Reagan County's four and two. Sonora undefeated. Uh, Edgar Luna, uh, the running back for Sonora, is averaging 261 yards a game rushing. Yeah, Reagan County, they're four and two, but they lost their first district game. Uh, it, it, this kind of feels like one of those games that I don't know. Th- this they've got a quarterback in Casey Brown. Yeah. Who's a dual threat. Uh, it, but they've just been so inconsistent offensively. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, they started off the season on fire. Even losing the wink, they had 48 points. Then 57, then 42, and then 14, or then 22, I mean, excuse me. And then against Kermit, they had 40. And then last week, that they only scored 12 against uh, Forsan. It's not that they lost. I think the Buffaloes were favored in that game. But I would have thought they'd have scored more than 12 points. And so, I, I don't know. I just... I, I don't think the Owls have a chance in this game. I think the Broncos win, and I think the Broncos win comfortably, and I think it sets up them and Forsa in the last week for district. It could, yeah, well, I, I obviously picked Sonora. Yeah. I think the Broncos will win this game, but I think it's going to be a little bit closer than what you think. I, you know, it could be. I, I, I kind of Arizona want, pushed Sonora. Yeah. Right. And, and this could also be not a trap game because it's district, but I mean, you've got, you, you beat who, if, if you're, if you're sitting here, and you are Blake Weston and the Sonora Broncos, you beat Ozona, and then you think Forsan's the next big challenge. A team like Reagan County, how many times do we see that in district? A team like Reagan County who's good, not great, you kind of get in that trap game. Yeah. yeah and I, mean, and I could see that I could see that happening. I'm going to still go with Sonora comfortably simply because it's at home. I think a lot of those trap games usually happen on the road in high school. Yeah. All right, last one. Is not because it's a great game, but I think it's worth mentioning Honey Grove. Yeah, the Warriors, man, they they keep doing it. Uh, they win again last week, fifty-four to nothing over Rivercrest. They're going to be on the road this week against Quinlan Bowles. Quinlan Bowles is not a great team. Two and four. Two and four. But here's what Quinlan Bowles has done at times, and that score a lot of points. They scored fifty-nine against Clarksville. They they uh, scored forty-nine last week against Como Picton. And so you're just you're wondering if 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 they can just find some trash points or, or anything, you know, just something. <laughs> I you know at this point I'm rooting for the Warriors to preserve too. this shutout season until I mean, Cooper. You know, until Cooper, right? Uh, I I want I, I would love to see this Honeygrove defense. Uh, remain unscored on it's you know it's almost impossible to do that for 
this long. But yeah, I mean, it so far. And you right? and I, we even talked about it when we first started kind of noticing three weeks ago. It doesn't matter who you play in today's era to hold a, a team four quarters shutout is just impressive. Yeah, I mean, but Honey Grove's got the linebackers in uh, Mason Baker, Levi oh, Beavers, uh, Asher Price at defensive end. Um, you look at them. I've gone back and seen uh, some of their games online and highlights and stuff. I mean, they pass the eye test, um, especially defensively. Uh, I mean, the size that they have, they're very physical and very athletic, man. Uh, and then Rylan Morris at uh, at quarterback and Dion Morris at running back. Uh, they they just seem very complete, you know. Now again, I you know they should I. I mean, I know they're going to beat Bulls. Yeah. You know, the thing is, are they going to, you know, keep Bulls out of the end zone or, you know, just out of the scoring column? Let's yeah. see. Uh, but I think their next one is, uh, you know, we'll dispatch a Bulls here pretty easily, no matter what. And yeah. then uh, the big showdown next week. And against Cooper, I mean, you know, d- last year they lost 36 day. And last year this defense was almost doing the same thing. It wasn't quite. All shutouts, but I was really surprised when I started going back and researching. You know, last year they gave up twenty and they lost to Howe to begin the year. And I remember we wrote them off from that and and, and on the KETR show. Mm-hmm. But after that, they gave up zero zero six twenty twenty two eight thirty six to Cooper six zero and then six in the first round of the playoffs. And then they get in the second round and Centerville just blows their doors off. Yeah, and, and you're looking at the same thing if you don't beat Cooper this year. And as great as this Honey Grove offense, well, defense, I don't think you hang your your whole season on the Cooper game. Well, I mean, you're going to see if you lose to Cooper, you see Centerville in round two again. Yeah, well, Centerville's beatable. Are they? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know they if are. Centerville's any worse than they were last year when they beat Honey Grove 54 to 13. No, but I think Honey Grove might be a lot better than they were. And, last and, year. and that goes back to, again, and it's not, I mean, it's not their fault. It's their fault. Their schedule, we just don't know. Yeah, we yeah. won't know to Cooper. And I think one of the things that hurts Honeygrove is they don't know until Cooper. There's nobody on that schedule before Cooper that challenges them like Cooper or a Centerville or well, Munster or whoever that team is. No, out of that no matter what happens against Cooper, as long as Honeygrove is in the game, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I think Honeygrove has a chance to win the game. I do too. I do too. Uh, but even if they don't, as long as it's not like say Dallas and San Francisco. Oh, God. I, Dude, I'm a Cowboy fan, too. Pick another one, though, man. (laughs) Okay. Um, Dallas, San Francisco, 95. Oh, wait, that's the same. Never mind. (laughs) But, you know, it wouldn't take any shine off of Oh, no, I don't think – I'm not talking about shine. I'm just talking about it it, it puts them back on track for a second-round matchup with Centerville if if Centerville wins their district. I'm Honeygrove. I'm rubbing my hands. And I'm not. I I still think – It's an adventure, man. I think they're good enough. Centerville's a three-touchdown favorite in that game. Easy. Do you really? I, I will I say think that they might be favorites, but I don't know if it's three. And I'm not knocking Honeygrove. And we have a, a guy that sends us all the stuff. Not like Centerville's lighting it up on the offensive side of the ball, <laughs> but they are. Are they? I mean, how would they, they do against Tick? I mean, not Centerville. I, I, oh, yeah, I'm sorry. You're right. You're right. Well, no, against uh, Jefferson, too. Yeah. Against Jeff. Yeah, you're right. Okay. You're right. But what, I mean, is it fair to compare? I don't know. You're right. You're right. It's probably not fair to compare. Schedules, but you know what? Yeah, no, you're hey, right. You know what? We're three, four weeks early right now. Yeah, no. <laughs> that's what they that's how much we're ready for the playoffs. <laughs> that's how much we're ready for the playoffs. All right. That's gonna do it for week eight to a again. Any questions, thoughts, or comments? You can email us Grant and Terry at S2S Sports. Find us on Facebook, sideline to sideline, on Twitter at Grant and Terry. 
Uh, if you're listening to this on our website, s2sgrantandterry.com, you can go to YouTube and watch the video. And if you're watching the video, always remember you can listen to us also at s2sgrantandterry.com and on all podcast platforms. Until next time, he's Grant, I'm Terry, and this is Sideline to Sideline, the 2A edition, brought to you by SI Design and Printing.